run to get the prize. We are all in the running race, whether we like to accept it or not. But the Bible says run to get the prize. You know, if you were asked to describe the Christian life, you know, probably you may answer, it is great. You may answer, it is glorious. You may answer, it is joyful. You may answer, it is wonderful. You may answer, it is satisfying. No, I have not yet finished the list. You may answer, it is challenging. You may answer, it is difficult. You may answer, it is not practical. You might answer, it is burdensome. You may answer, it is disappointing. I don't know if I left out something as a pastor over the years. And as I've walked with the community, as I've seen the challenges, the kind of stories I've heard as I walked through this journey. You know, I'm not here to dispute your answers. You know, you're basically, you're expressing your feelings and your experience. So I'm not trying to dispute your feelings and your experience. But what I would like to do is, our Lord Jesus compared the Christian life to the everyday things of life. That's how we compare the Christian life. For example, he called his followers as the light of the world. And he said they are the salt of the world. You know, we are all very familiar with these verses. On the other hand, the Apostle Paul, he compares the Christian life to warfare. We all know that verse in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, put on the full armor of God, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, Paul advises Timothy. You know what he says? He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier. And then Paul describes his own life to boxing. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. This is the way Paul describes his Christian life. But of all these images, the figures of speech, if Paul was fond of one particular image, that is race. You can find in his letters, 
he was very fond of this particular figure of speech. He says, you know, run in such a way to get the prize. Don't miss out. You have a prize. Run in such a way that you get the prize. And he's telling to the Corinth Galatian believers, you were running a good race, but somewhere the false teachers came. Somewhere those televangelists came and they took you away from that race. Paul says, I did not run in vain. Will this be a testimony? I did not run in vain. That's the way Paul says. And interestingly, the author of Hebrews, Hebrews was not written by Paul. If you have been thinking it's Paul, it's okay. There's no problem. But the author of Hebrews also uses race to describe the Christian life. <coughs> so he, he's talking about the Christian life in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. <coughs> so let's rise to our feet for the scripture reading taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Ebirer kerezhna nirubam panirandad adhigaram onru mudal moonru mudia. Ebirer panirandu onru mudal moonru mudia. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that, thank you, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is God's word. Kindly be seated. Very familiar passage. Very familiar passage for all of us. <clears throat> you know, in this passage, the author is equating Christian life to that of an athlete. And it's not a sprint. It's a marathon race, a long-distance race. That's all we see in this passage. If we have some kind of imagination, my life is going to be like this, like this, like this, it's all fine, it's our dreams. But the word of God describes the Christian life as a marathon race, as a long distance race. And we all know chapter 11, I'm not reading chapter 11, we all know that we have great examples in chapter 11. We have names like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, 
you know you have all these names in chapter 11 and if you you know if you are reading scripture carefully you will find all these names you know it will be in the third person by faith abel did something by faith you know enoch did something by faith noah did something by faith abraham it's all in the third person but the moment you come to chapter 12 it is no longer third person it is it is the first and second person i'm not teaching grammar class but that's how you are supposed to read the bible what he's basically saying is in chapter 7 it's not about abel it's not about noah it's not about abraham it's about you and me that's what we find the moment you come to chapter 12 he's no longer talking about abel abraham no 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 he's talking about pastor sunny pastor abraham nehemiah he's talking about us us that's how he's talking in this passage and it is very important for all of us to understand that you know three clear instructions very easy for the bible college students to prepare a expository sermon from this passage it's very simple very very simple lessons three lessons are let us throw off everything very simple let us throw off everything remember there is a prize waiting for us you know run to get the prize so how do we get the prize let us throw off everything let us run with perseverance let us fix our eyes on jesus very simple things if you want to get the prize all that you need to do is let us throw off everything let us run with perseverance let us fix our eyes on jesus do you think these are difficult they are not difficult maybe we didn't pay attention to this verse let's look at each of these points one by one let us throw off everything in verse 1 he says therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles i said in chapter 11 he is talking about abel he is talking about abraham moses and all that here he says let us throw off everything what do you find in this verse the author he includes himself in other words if you are alive today and if you are followers of jesus it applies to all of us as simple let us let us let us let everyone in this room throw off everything now for you and me it must be a problem what is this what this author is saying but for the readers of this letter was not a problem because if you know in those in those days the early greek <coughs> athletes they ran naked that's the picture you see they ran naked <coughs> let us throw off everything what does it mean to you and me 
what are the things you need to throw off what comes to your mind he is not talking about our dress he is talking about something else but he is telling us one thing very clearly you cannot have anything you have to throw off everything it's as simple as that he is explaining it to us you cannot hold on even the undergarments i can have this one simple thing and run no throw off everything what is what are the things we need to throw off we need to throw off our worries we need to throw off our anxieties we need to throw off our fear our anger our greed our control our selfish desire we need to throw off everything they may look nice but if we want to get the price we need to throw off everything remember these things have never done any good to us no good we might think oh i can achieve this i can do that but you don't it, it has not done any good this week i was with a doctor a well known doctor having a very good practice and there were so many patients waiting for the consultation and when i went somehow she knows that i'm the pastor of a church i don't know how she came to know that and you know what she said i am very anxious i don't have time even to eat i work 12 hours a day you know can you imagine and she just and i started telling you know, a little bit of do not be anxious about anything okay so i'm just trying to tell us people in this world are so anxious anxious you know if when you run after your career there is no difference between this doctor and you she says i get only 5 minutes to have my lunch i feel that if i can go somewhere i can be some he help to somebody but i am struggling with anxiety and the bible says throw off everything not only you throw off all these things you throw off also the sin that so easily entangles you know we are like magnets eh? our flesh is like a magnet you walk it just attracts this sin very easily it attracts you don't have to do anything that's why paul says put to death the desires of the flesh you have we have that power the flesh has the power to attract sin and that's what he says put off everything and the sin that so easily entangles you and i have no excuse oh, after all i'm living in this flesh so i have to no 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 you and i have no excuse because paul says in romans chapter 6 verse 14 for sins shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace 
young people sitting here, you can never say, oh, after all, I'm a human being. You may be a human being, a human being washed by the blood of Jesus. We have the strength. We have something that people of the world don't have. And we need to throw off everything. So how do we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles? The only way we can put to death the desires of the flesh is when you have a higher desire. You know, unless your desire is a higher desire for Jesus, going deep with Jesus, knowing him more, loving him more, desiring him more, my desire for Jesus should be greater than my desire for making money, for making my life, for making my dreams come true. My desire for Jesus should be above all these desires. If, I desire, if we don't have, you know, it's, Buddha said you should not have desire. Bible doesn't say like that. Bible says, who gave the desires? God gave us the desires. Bible says, let your desires be in the right place. What is the right place? Desire Jesus. That's the right place. Desire Jesus. I desire Jesus more than my reputation, more than my ministry, more than my family, more than my appearance, more than my approval. I desire Jesus. When this desire for Jesus becomes stronger, we put to death the desires of the flesh. No other way. If we run after the world, the world will teach us, you know, how to make money, how to make name, how to get fame. That's the only way we can overcome desires. Now, how do we do it? How do I know I have a higher desires or not? I'm sure as young people, most of us would have asked these questions, of course. Some of us might not have asked questions. You know, you go to your parents and ask, what's wrong with this? Have you ever asked that question? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Basically, you're saying, what's wrong? You know, your, your parents must have said, I don't know. I'm not saying watching movies is wrong, but I'm saying your parents could have said, don't watch this movie. What's wrong with it? Don't go with that person. What's wrong with it? I want to go and spend a night there. What's wrong with it? You know, you know the intention behind that question? The moment, if you get the answer, there's nothing wrong with it, you're going to say, I'm going to do it. Because there's nothing wrong with it. Typical questions from young people and typical questions from old people also. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? As children of God, we are not going to ask this question, what's wrong with it? We are going to ask this question, does it help me run the race marked out for me? Does it help me run the race marked out for me? That is the question we need to ask. Each one of us, we need to ask if we want to win that prize. 
the problem is not in what the weight is, but what it does. Many of the things that we carry, they don't fall under the category of sin. You cannot say it's sin. I want to succeed in my career. You cannot term it as sin. But when it crosses a burden, a line, it becomes a burden. When job becomes your security, it becomes a burden. You go, working is not a sin. We need to work. As Christians, you're not supposed to be lazy. We need to work. But when that work becomes our identity, then it becomes a burden. Making money is not a problem. But when money becomes the focus, that becomes the burden. Taking care of the family is not the problem. But when the family becomes the idol, then it becomes a burden. Ministry is not a problem, but when ministry becomes my identity and my very reason for living, then it's a problem. It's not the question of what the weight is, but what it does. If you want to throw off everything, you need to remember this. Otherwise, you'll be saying, what's wrong with that? Everybody is making money. I also want to make money. So we need to ask these questions. How do you use your time? How do you use your gadgets? You know, watching a YouTube, some good program is not a sin. But can you give up? Does it help you to run the race effectively? Throw off everything, your Instagram your YouTube, your WhatsApp, everything, throw off everything. Sometimes I have to throw off my Sudoku. I, I love doing that, but I need to throw it away. My wife says today you have sermon to prepare. So you, there's nothing sinful. Is it sin? Is it a sin to exercise your brain? It's not a sin. But you need to throw away everything if you want to win this race. Paul says, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. If you are a saved child sitting in this place, Jesus has given you a task. If you, have, if you are truly a saved child, Jesus has given you a task. And you need to ask, and you need to tell yourself, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. You can, you can do 101 things in this world. You can achieve everything that's possible. You can become CEO of your multinational company. But is that the task that the Lord Jesus has given you? You will only be effective in the place where God wants you to be. Ask yourself, ask yourself this morning, young men, you pe young people, you come to this place in search of job and unknowingly the job becomes your God, your career, 
you know, achievements. If you are not careful how you handle all this, you will keep on buying, you will keep changing your cars, you will keep buying more houses. But ask yourself, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Today, if I'm called to heaven, I should be able to say, I've completed my task. I don't know. Throw off everything because that price is worth more than anything that you can see in this world. Remember, the very innocent and harmless things. You know, we don't commit murder. Maybe a little bit of anger, a little bit of selfishness. They all divert our attention. They saps, they sap our energy and reduce our enthusiasm for the things of God. How strong is your appetite for the things of God? How strong is your appetite? You have to keep exercising your muscles, spiritual muscles, to keep your appetite growing, becoming stronger. You remember the, you know, if you see mothers, you know, now I'm a grandfather, so the mother doesn't give her children chocolates. Don't give them chocolates because it's their food time. Same way for spiritual life. Your YouTube, WhatsApp, media, they kill your appetite for God. How strong is your appetite for God this morning? How strong? How strong is your appetite? If your appetite is not strong, then you need to exercise few muscles. Something you need to throw away. You need to throw away this morning. Don't just lay aside sins to run this race. Lay aside every other weight that gets in your way. It could be your friends. Good friends. I'm not saying they're bad friends. But you need to have friends who will challenge you on this race, who will bring you to the destination, who will encourage you. We need friends. Who are your friends? Choose your friends carefully. You need to have friends in this community. You need to be, you know, God is always concerned about community. You grow in a community. You don't grow individually. How do you use your media? We need to be careful. I'm not saying we are looking at some obscene items. I'm not saying that. The amount of time we spend, the amount of time we spend for shopping, ask yourself, they're not sinful, but they don't take you to the destination. You have to be harsh with yourself. I don't have to tell. Each one has to be harsh with themselves because my destination is something glorious. I don't want to lose that destination. Your pride, your greed. If I'm greedy, I will not even know I'm greedy. There's a problem with greed. So you need to lay aside all these things. Let us 
throw away everything. Is it simple? Simple. Price is for everyone. For all of us, there is a price. The first step is throw, throw away everything. Throw away. Before even you want to, you want to participate, throw away everything. Get ready. A preparation is required. Any athlete who wants to take part in a competition, he has to prepare himself. And now we have thrown away everything. Each one of us, we have thrown away everything. Worries, fear, you know, gadgets we have thrown away, desire for money. We have thrown away everything. Then what should we do? Let us run with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It is so nice, it's comforting because the race is marked out for us. Sometimes we think, I am the author of my life. No. Sometimes we think we are the products of our decisions we make, of course, but it's only to some extent. God uses even the wrong decisions to bring you to the destination. Amen? That's our God. All things work out for the good of those who love him and who have called him according to his purpose. You know, in a community like this, in a conservative society like this, you don't get to do many decisions in your life. As a child, probably as a student, probably you wanted to study something, but your parents said, no, 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 you go this way. So you didn't get a choice to make the decision. At the time of marriage, of course you wanted to marry someone, but your parents made a decision. You didn't make a choice. But remember, as a child of God, even those wrong decisions, God will turn it out for your good. Amen. All th God knows we are in a conservative society. God knows. God caters for our parents' mistakes, our grandparents' mistakes, great-grandparents' mistakes. We all commit mistakes. When you become a parent, father, you will realize you also commit mistake. But the grace of God is, it turns everything for our good. There may be struggles, there may be opposition, there may be suffering, but learn to run the race with perseverance. Don't give up, don't give up. Don't say my life is doomed. Your life is never doomed. Life with Jesus is never doomed. It may fail. It may break. After all, we are broken people. But the broken pieces become beautiful thing in God's hand. Amen. That's our Lord Jesus. We have. We have a broken body. There may be sickness. But in God's hand, God can use even that sick body for his glory. Hallelujah. That's our God. Run with perseverance. Don't give up. Don't give up. The easiest thing is to give up. Then you go to the psychologist. They'll say that, oh, you're a cesarean baby. 
Oh, you didn't struggle even during time of birth, so you give up easily. Don't give up, child of God. Whether you are a Caesarean baby or a normal baby, it doesn't matter. As a child of God, God is with you. God is with you. Don't give up. Let's run with perseverance. This is not an easy race. You know, people will come and say, come to God, he will give this, he will give this. So nice to listen to that, but that's not reality. You go out, you face, as I said, as a pastor, I've walked with people in their tears, in their pain, in their struggles. Life is not easy. Because there's an enemy who's working against us. The world is evil. The environment is evil. The society in which we live itself is evil. It discriminates women. Does not our society discriminate women? Girl children cannot go to schools. Have you not seen that? You are a girl, you cannot do this. You are a boy, you can do that. Nobody questions. So discrimination is everywhere. But God has placed us here. So he has also provided for that. So we are all safe in God's hand. Remember, if you want to run the race, you have to put hours of training. It doesn't come one day. You cannot go to the field and say, today I'm going to run. You cannot run. You have to put hours of training. You have to work hard. You know, you have to maintain a strict diet. You have to maintain a sleeping, good sleeping habits. It's not Sunday morning you come to church. Your preparation starts through the week. You sit Saturday night till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. How well are you preparing? How well? You need to prepare yourself. I'm going to worship this God. If you want to dance like David, you have to prepare yourself. Dance will not come till 2 o'clock. I sit with my mobile, I watch all this, and come morning, 9 o'clock, 9.45, 9.59, you come and you say, I'll dance like David. From where? Dance will come. Only sleep will come. If you want to have that spirit, you need to prepare yourself. You need to stretch your muscles. You need to do a little bit of weightlifting. Struggles will come. Suffering will come. In the midst of that, you need to do that. If people are preaching some easy life, don't run to it. It's very easy to listen to those sermons. Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, let us run with perseverance. If it is easy, why perseverance is required? It is hard. Christian life is hard. That's why perseverance is required. If somebody says Christian life is easy, you say whether it's from the Bible you are speaking or from where? Christian, Christian life is not easy. If you are a child of God, the enemy is after you. He's not going to spare you. So how do we do it? How do we exercise our spiritual muscles? Read the word of God, pray, sit in his presence, have fellowship in the community, talk to one another, pray with one another. These are all the spiritual muscles that are required. We persevere by maintaining a Christ-like and God-honoring attitude, even when the trials are strong and when we feel weak. It is nice, you know, my trial starts when I go home. 
I'm nice here, no? I'm a pastor, so I'm nice. But do I have this attitude at home? That's where my muscles are tested, not standing on the stage. So I need to persevere. You, when you go to your room, when you're all alone, you need to strain your muscles, spiritual muscles. So we throw away everything. Let's run with perseverance. Very simple. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Simple, no? And we get the price. If Christian life is compared to a race, then it is very important where we look at. It's very important in a race. You know, the story is told of a Persian Empire, Cyrus. is the founder of the Persian Empire. The story goes something like this. You know, he captured a prince and his family, and he took them as captives. And King Cyrus asked the prince, if I release you, what will you give me? The prince said, I'll give half of my kingdom. He said, if I release your children, the prince said, I'll give away my entire kingdom. The prince, the king asked, if I release your wife, your majesty, I'll give myself to you. The king was so moved by his devotion, he released all of them. And they went back. And one day the prince asked his wife, did you notice King Cyrus was a very handsome man? He asked her. The wife said, my eyes was on you, one who was ready to give your life for my sake. I didn't notice him. My eyes were on you. Jesus has given his life for you. The prince's wife said, no, I was not looking at Cyrus. I was looking at a person, my dear husband, who was ready to give his life for me. Why will I look at King Cyrus? He may be handsome, doesn't matter. Jesus has given his life for you and me. Unless you come to that place, you will keep looking at King Cyrus outside. So many King Cyruses are there outside. You will, they'll all be looking pleasant. It could be your career, it could be your spouse, it could be your children, it could be your medals, it could be your achievements, it could be your talents, it could be your money. They'll all look handsome. But do you know the one who gave his life for you? If he has given his life for you, do you really believe it? If you really believe it, can you take your eyes off from that person who gave his life for you? That's what we find in 1 John 3.16. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us.
in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You see, the Bible doesn't say, fix your eyes on the spectators. Sometimes we make these examples, you know, Abraham, David, Moses. No, 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 no. You can never run your life fixing your eyes on Abraham and David and Moses and Paul. You can never run your Christian life. The Bible doesn't say that. We are only surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, but you don't keep your eyes on them. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will complete the race. If you fix your eyes on David and Abraham and Moses and Paul, you will not finish the race. They are there. They are spectators. You and I need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Are you ready? Do you know the one who gave his life for you? Don't give up. Don't give up. Life is tough. If you have not faced challenges, it will come very soon. If you have come out of the darkest valley, there's another valley. Every valley, as we have seen, you know, 60 plus years, we, we keep talking, it becomes deep and deeper. Take me deeper. We sang a song, if you remember. Take me deeper, Lord, so that I'll know you. Nice to sing, but when you go deep, 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 God will reveal himself more and more. Don't quit on Jesus. You give up your job, you give up everything that this world offers, but don't give up on him. Because he will never give up on you. Because he, he has already laid down his life for you. Can you tell like that prince's wife, you know, my eyes was on the one who was ready to give his life for me. Will you be able to tell that this morning, Jesus, you lay down your life for me. I'm here to give myself completely, totally. Why, Isaac, Lord, whatever you demand from me. Today we heard, you know, Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. Why, Isaac? Oh, Lord, whatever you demand from me, I am ready to give you because you gave your life for me. Have you come to that place? And when you come to that place, remember, Jesus has made us lightweight runners. You know, we don't have to carry the burdens of this world. We are running, we are struggling too often because we are carrying a burden which we are not supposed to carry. We run like worldly people. We want to run our life the way the worldly people manage their lives. But Jesus has already made us lightweight runners. We don't have to worry. Do not worry about anything. Bible says do not be anxious about anything. Do not fear. Fear the Lord. 
If you fear the Lord, you will not fear men. If you fear the Lord, you will not fear the pandemic. Life, it's not about being successful. It's about completing the race. Completing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Whenever you fix your eyes on Jesus, what you have is life. Your very life comes from Jesus. That divine life comes from Jesus. You have light because he is the light of the world. You have guidance because his way are higher than your ways. You can read all the books of this world. You will not get wisdom. Wisdom comes from above. Wisdom comes from above. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Go to God. He will give you the guidance, encouragement. People around you cannot understand you. How can they encourage you? He is our comforter. He is our compassionate God. In pain, he is there. In the midst of our pain, he is there. No one else can take that place. That's why he's called as a compassionate God. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. You and I have a God like that. Why are we living like worldly people? God has strategically placed us in this place. Not so that we can make more money, more name, more awards, more houses, more cars. No, no, no. no. You can have all these things, but the greater purpose is his kingdom, his kingdom, his kingdom. I need to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Do you have that hunger for Jesus? Do you have that hunger this morning? And when you feel, oh Lord, I have lost, the worship leader was telling this morning, if you think you're a failure, you're never a failure because you're in God's hand. Jesus is holding you. If you think you are sinking, remember, Jesus also has to sink with you. That is our God. That's our God whom we have with us. And what happens? The prize is not there is a crown that is kept for us. Jesus is our prize and we will live with him forever. It is not I want something from the hands of Jesus. I want him. I love him so much. My, at the finish point, all I want is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, have you come to that place? Are you, do you desire this price, first of all? Do you desire this price? Are you aware of the person who is standing there who gave his life for you? The prince was only ready to give his life for his wife. But here is a prince who gave his life for me. He already gave his life for me on the cross. Do you love that person? Do you love that person? 
If you don't love that person, we are loving something else. Don't say what I can get from Jesus. I want Jesus. He is the price. Run to get Jesus. Run to get Jesus. He is the price. Lord, you keep everything with you. I don't care. But I want you. I want you. I want to tell this community, God has brought you here with a reason. All of you, you have different stories how you have landed up in this community. You have different stories. You are still here. But I want to remind you that God has a reason for bringing you here. God wants to do something in this place. And he can do that only through you. Are you available? Are you ready to say, my eyes are on Jesus. I want that price. Not what I will get in this job, what I will get. That's all fine. God will always provide for you, remember. When I wanted to come for this ministry, the question I had is, Lord, how will I provide for my children who are now joining the college? I didn't have savings. And the answer I heard, it's a very audible voice. I still know the place where I heard that voice. Do you think it was your job that provided for you all these years? After that, I have never asked that question. I went and just dropped my resignation letter. Never, never even once I have asked. And it was in the year 2005, and it is 2023. Today, I can tell you how God has provided for me. It's not God. It's not my job. It's not money. I know this God, you know, what he can do for us. I want to just to encourage all of us you are here with a reason. You are here with a divine purpose. Will you run that race with me? All of us are running. Will you join me in running this race? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, we want only Jesus. Will we say, will you encourage when I fail? Will you encourage when I fall? Will you carry me when I am hurt? So that we all reach the destination. Because we want Jesus. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Pastor Sonny, can you come and say the closing prayer?